Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. And I have a heat wave here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We are up around 50 degrees Celsius is like way over 100 and super hot hottest it's ever been here which makes me want to dive into the ocean so today we have christine ward page and we're going to talk about e-oceans welcome to the show excellent thanks you for having me so what is e-oceans what is this e-oceans is uh, a platform that i've designed and built over many years so i'm a marine scientist and Every time I went out into the field, I was answering one question at a time and I would reach out and talk to people that were locals that were diving or fishing in the ocean, you know, in the morning, whether they did that for their livelihoods or they did it. And my dog is now barking and growling in the background. Hold on. Oh, that's totally loud. The dog is welcome (laughs) on Animal Party. Welcome to the show. show. Yeah, no problem. He's a foster dog, so he's... Like extra points. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. No, extra points for that. Okay. So <laughs> um, you would talk to fishermen and they'd report things to yeah, you? So, and- so, yeah. As a scientist, I would go, be going out into the field and I would talk to fishers and divers, whether they were, you know, people that were going out for their livelihoods or sometimes they were dentists and lawyers and doctors that, you know, went out surfing or fishing before their workday started. And they often had more insights about the ocean than I had as a visiting scientist. So as a scientist, we were trying to answer one question at a time for this one specific purpose. And so eOceans is a platform where people can track their activities and log their observations and instantly share it with scientists, whether it's about fishing or plastic pollution or other types of pollution in real time. So somebody's walking on the beach or out in the ocean and they spot red tide or they spot pollution or they see a whale that's not supposed to be there. Is that that what you're talking about? That is what I'm talking about. They can report that. But also really importantly is to report things that you don't see. So if you walk a beach and it's empty of plastics, for example, that's really valuable because then we can compare that through time and through space. So, um, you know, in some places around the world where we've seen, you know, beaches or coastlines or ocean ecosystems that are inundated with plastics or with pollution or there's fish gills, comparing that to years before or years later when we've done some cleanups to see how it changes through time is also really valuable. So then we can measure our success. So I didn't understand what the fish gills Fish kills? Is that what you said? Fish, oh, I said fish kills. So kills. You see okay, fish sorry. kills. So sometimes, yeah. you know, you every day you walk down a beach and you see everything's healthy and fine. And then one day you walk down the beach and you see a bunch of fish that are dead. And you want to be able to piece those pieces together so you can look at the changes through time, whether, you know, with climate change, whether it's heat waves or a pollution spill or a noise pollution, for example, that can happen and cause different issues and different impacts on our ocean ecosystem. So I, the point there is that, you know, collecting information on zeros is just as important on collecting information on things that you do see. So that's why we really designed it as an activity tracker first. So you track your activity, whether you're sailing 
or surfing or walking the beach and you get that effort of zeros and then you report things that you see on the way so that we can get presences and stitch all those pieces that are really complex of the ocean. You know, the ocean is complex, but it's also dynamic as a marine scientist isn't there every day. So having all those eyes on the water every day, all day is really an important part of measuring the impact of the ocean and the change of the oceans. Recently, I noticed on TV, the news was reporting a massive increase and return of humpback whales to the Salish Sea. Mm. And I thought, ah, oh, isn't that incredible? Incredible. They finally stopped hunting them and killing them and then let them live. And now there's rules about speed and traffic and and they seem to be thriving. So that's so wonderful. But I also know that the ocean temperatures are changing and things are going to have to be moving and these zones of protection are going to have to change. So your platform is going to help with that, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, previously, you know, scientists go out and we sample a little part of the world's ocean and a little part uh, typically of the species range. So if you're going out looking for humpback whales or in our, my part of the world, it's North Atlantic right whales, and you go and look for them where they typically are known to be seen. But like you said, with climate change and, you know, that can be changes in water temperature, but also in the prey that they're seeking can move. So that moves them out of where we previously made safe zones for them, you know, made sure that vessels slowed down in certain areas and pushing them out into shipping lanes. And then you end up seeing them being hit by ships. And so being able to get those zeros so that you know when they moved from one place to another, definitely we can put all those pieces together. And then they start to interact not only with ships, but fishing and, and have other conflicts. And so we want to be able to put those pieces together to be able to understand and sort of mitigate some of those issues before you know they end up in the media and on a beach, for example. Well, we're going to talk more about this when we come back from break, because your website's amazing. I went through it and I looked at so many things. There's this things we can do, five things we can do right away to make it better for the oceans. And we'll go through that. But also just the different categories. We've just started to touch on it, you and I. So we'll be back from break to talk more about what you can report on eOceans and how you can get this, how you can download it, pick it up, get it, use it, and help the oceans recover. Stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio. 
We are taking a much needed plunge in the cool sea, in the oceans, in the rivers, in the lakes. I don't think it has to be an ocean. Does it have to be an ocean, Christine? Currently, it needs to be in an ocean. We have a species list of 500,000 species that are marine species. So there are some species that also go into freshwater ecosystems, of course. So you could report those there. Yes. Well, you think of things that go both ways, like all the seabirds fly over, go visit uh, the salmon. There's a lot of crossover. But okay, so we're reporting on the oceans. How do people get this? So one is to download the app. You can download it in either the Play Store or the App Store and put it on your phone and then use it as your activity tracker when next time you're by the beach. You can also join and follow teams. So we have uh, over 28 global teams where you can join teams. And so when you when you log data, then you're sharing automatically sharing relevant data to those teams. And so you can follow them even if you're not by the ocean right now and you can't contribute to those teams, you can still follow those teams to see how they're doing. Okay, so I thought it was a, a network of everyone connected. So if I if I report that I saw a seal today, it's going to go into the whole map of the world oceans that I saw a seal, right? Do I it, need the- You do. So there's a really important piece to e-oceans, and that is that the data is owned by you. So if you go out and log data, we don't share it with everyone. We allow you to share it with who you want to share it with. And this way, you're empowered to decide whether or not who you're sharing it with. This is an important piece around data sovereignty, self-declaration. And when we put data out into the public, I spent a lot of my early early years of my career in places where, well, more dark places where they trade and target endangered species and commercially and you know, valuable species. So yeah. by putting So I this, report the humpbacks yeah. in the Salish Sea and they go out and slaughter them. I get well, you. Well, it could be, yeah. In some places around the world, you know, you're well protected and well managed and enforced and other places aren't quite so fortunate. Places that have large EEZs, which is your economic exclusive zone. So the ocean territory is very large and they have maybe one enforcement vessel. And so you don't really want to be going somewhere as a tourist and logging your observations and then sharing it with, you know, potential poaching or illegal fishing companies. We've built it into the platform that there's trust between the user and who they're sharing it with. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I mean, sometimes people feel like we could contribute, but we just don't know how. And there's so often, like, like I really think about the pollution in particular, you know, if you spot red tide or if you spot nets or if you spot oil or, or something like this. Okay. How does this work for that? How does this work? So it, I mean, it's really an early warning system. A lot of times people don't want to be spilling oil or, you know, spilling things. And so if you can capture that early, even if you drop a net. So if you're a fisherman or a fisher person and you drop a net or you drop some gear, if you can log it quicker, then you can go back and retrieve it easier or somebody else can go back and retrieve it easier. So it's really about the collaboration of logging things faster and making it more transparent and actionable. So if you see red tide or you see, like I mentioned earlier, fish kills or if there's noise. So I talk to fishers, you know, that are out at sea and they say, you know, we were warned not to go into this particular area because there was going to be some blasting. And they stayed out of that area, but they felt the noise 
way further away than that. So being able to document that in real time and then to be able to put those pieces together is really important. So for example, here in Atlantic Canada, if people see a whale in shore, they'll say, oh, yay, everyone gets excited. They saw a whale where they typically aren't seen. But we want to know, you know, what caused that whale to come in there? It could be something positive. They're just following their prey, their food drive. We've cleaned up Halifax Harbor. So, you know, maybe they're coming in there now and it's safe, or maybe something else has driven them in sh further inland. So being able to pull those pieces of the puzzle together is really important. Okay, so I want to talk about noise, but we're going to go to break and come back because noise matters to the animals that live under the sea very much. The mammals that navigate by sonar and we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and we're here with Christine Ward Page, and we're talking about eOceans, which is an app you can download and help, you know, just by logging what you see. Species problems, exciting things about what you see in the oceans, around the oceans and the beaches will help. So that's what we're talking about today. And I want to touch on noise. Why is noise so important, Christine? Well, animals communicate with each other through long distances. And so the noise in the ocean caused by vessels, development, you know, ex uh, exploration, gets in it interferes with all the animal communi animals communicating. And the louder that it gets, the harder it is for them to communicate. And so that's why noise is an important thing. They need to be able to find each other, need to be able to find prey. They need to be able to communicate just like we do when we move around the city or move around our houses or whatever it is. And so if you have this loud noise there, it makes it much harder and more stressful to do what you need to do in your day. So, okay, so you mentioned the right whales. And it seems to me whenever... When I look on the news occasionally and they show orcas, you know, around Vancouver, Granville Island or something mm -hmm. on a rare time when they go up and they eat the herring, everybody's so excited and happy mm -hmm. and it's all great. And then they swim out again. Mm -hmm. But on your news, Montreal news, when I see the right whales, it's always like, oh, no, why is he here? Will he get back? How are we going to save him? What are we going to do? What is that about? What's going on with those whales? So. With those whales, I'm not an expert in those particular whales, but whales are always moving from different parts of the ocean, from one part of the ocean to the other, whether it's to have their babies or to mate or to feed. And so they're moving around and they're sort of weaving this needle around all the other things that are in the ocean, which is us. And so that's 
Yeah. And they're really sensitive to this noise thing, right? Like it's, it's hard to imagine as a, as a human that your eyes and your ears, everything that you use to navigate would be affected if, if right. you, you know, so I don't if know you, if you've ever been scuba diving, but the first time I was ever scuba diving, not first time ever scuba diving, but first time ever scuba diving when a massive ship came over top of me. I looked at my buddy. I was in Discovery Bay Marine Lab in Jamaica, and we were at 60 feet of depth and we were studying corals and a ship came. It was the first day that a, um, a big ship came into the harbor and we both looked at each other with fear and then hit the ground underneath the corals. We knew that we weren't at risk, but it felt like we were about to be chopped up into, you know, some sort of soup. And so we hit the ground. That's how loud it was inside of there. Our ears were covered and that's, you know, at 60 foot of depth and that's just for one time. And we don't even have as good of hearing. So, you know, these animals that are exposed to this all the time and their lives depend on it. We were just, you know, sampling corals, like measuring and counting corals. So it was eye-opening to me, the sound. And, you know, ever since then, when I'm under the water, I'm very acutely aware of just how much noise. And if you go onto a coral reef that's quiet, the very little that you hear, you hear some waves, you know, at the surface, and you might hear parrotfish crunching, but it's pretty peaceful down there otherwise. Well, that makes sense to me. So the people you want to reach out to, is it just well, it can't just be fishermen. Who else? Who, who would you like to attract? And um, and what do you want them to report? Yeah, so it's really like a two-sided approach. One is the scientists and the managers and the decision makers. So then, you know, they're making decisions about the ocean and they're studying the ocean. And they do it with a small fraction of information. And they make decisions. So when I talk to fishers, and they say, you know, the government's closing this location at the wrong time for this fish species. They should be closing it over here or over there. Or that's a common conflict that's happening. So, you know, they can use eOceans to start a team to work with their with the fishers or the community, the the beach walkers, the you know, the people who are cleaning the beaches, the people who are managing the beaches, even lifeguards, you know, they're, they're trying to keep the beaches safe for the people who are out there. And so you want to mitigate those human wildlife interactions, whether it's stingrays and jellyfish or sharks, or it's, you know, pollution. So there's so many dimensions on the, you know, the team side, the team creation side, but on the user side, so these are explorers, you know, if you're just walking the beach, or if you're out sailing with your friends, or if you're a scientist, or if you're a fisher, you're going out deep sea fishing, whether it's professional or a recreational or just as a tourist, you can use it for, and you log your observations, but then you also have your own data. So you can think of it as your own logbook or your own journal or your own travel journal, for example, and you have that data forever. And we we give you an impact report. So you can see if you've joined, you know, 15 or 100 different shark teams and seahorse teams and turtle teams, you know, you can see how all the impact that you're having on all these different science um, related projects on that side, too. That's super cool. I really I'm, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna look into this because I do spend time on the beach. I'm not um, I live on a mountain inland about an hour away from the ocean. I'm near lakes and rivers, the rivers that feed into the ocean. But I do. So if I was walking along the river and I saw a sturgeon jump, I can't report that because it's the river. 
that's the thing going back to it's your data for you so if you want to report that and you if so if you're you know out fishing or walking along the the river and you see a sturgeon jump and you want to record that that's you and you would have that for yourself and that but that wouldn't go to any teams because there's no teams in that river so everything is sort of like teams are based on a location of the ocean. So you define the boundaries of your of the area of interest. And then only when you're inside of that area, that data gets streamed to that team. The relevant data gets streamed to that team. Is this easy to use, though, for like the average person who just wants to report they saw a sick seal or a bird with the fishing line caught around its beak and they want to help like does this actually in real time make a difference i can give one example of so where this even started was people love manta rays when they noticed that they were disappearing alarms started to ring and and they brought it to my attention and so we crowdsourced observations from ocean explorers these are people with more than two years of expertise in the ocean crowdsourced their um, observations of where they saw them where they saw them in the ocean where they saw them being fished and landed on the beaches and where they saw them being sold in the markets. And then we compared that to what's the FAO data, which is where all the countries report their catch data. And we compared that. So only two countries reported catching manta rays, but they were being caught and sold in markets around the world. And so that discrepancy between what's called IUU fishing, illegal, unreported and undocumented fishing. So that was showing that international trade was threatening that species. And so that's what helped them get onto the endangered species list. So by collaborating with scientists and ocean explorers around the world, we were like able to make that action and bring that data together really quickly to, to get an action very quickly. Okay. Can you tell people how, because we have to finish the show. We're running out of time, Christine. Can you tell people how they can find out more, how they can get it? Go to one of the app stores, download it. It takes a little bit of time because there's a lot of species that are attached to that, to the app, but then you just turn it on when you go to the beach and press start and then just log as you go. And then at the end, press stop and sync it to your cloud. So it's very easy to get going. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know I've already got you booked to come back on a follow-up show because we didn't get to half of my questions. And I really want to talk about how people, and we'll go into it more on the next show, but reduce your carbon, sustainable seafood only, talk about it with everybody, no plastics, and keep yourself educated. Those are the five things I learned from the eOceans website about what I can do right now to make things better, besides getting the app and reporting what I see. So, Christine, I hope you'll come back. We'll do more. I want to talk to you so much more about your app and how you're helping the oceans. Thank you for joining us here at Animal Party. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That was Christine Ward-Page. The Oceans is her app. And from me, Deb Wolf, and Animal Party and Pet Life Radio, and the budgies in the background, (laughs) be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.